So please take out your sermon notes, and uh, you should have received one or see there on the pew there, and turn into Mark chapter 15. We're going to the 15th chapter as as we're taking this uh, uh, walk through the book of Mark. We're going to stop at a verse there in chapter 15. If I were to mention the names of Lonnie Baltimore, Justice Cunningham, Chandler Harshness, and Tim Toon, I doubt many of you would have any idea of who I was talking about. So who are these guys? Well, they have the illustrious honor of being Mr. Irrelevant, which is a title given to the very last player picked in the NFL draft. What a prestigious honor. These guys are given a trophy just like the Heisman winner, except this one depicts a guy fumbling the football. Now, last year, Caleb Wilson from UCLA was the pick number 254 overall. In the in the 2009-19 NFL draft in Nashville by the Arizona Cardinals, and he is given and was given the title of Mr. Irrelevant with that trophy. Sometimes when we're reading through the Bible, we come across a name of a person who is briefly mentioned, and we move on without giving it any thought. A little bit like Mr. Irrelevant. So we're going to talk about a guy, his name is Simon, who is just mentioned once, maybe twice in the scriptures, and uh, that is just a brief uh, one verse here in the book of Mark chapter 15. And he's known for a single act, and that act is that when Jesus was going to to Golgotha on the way, he was carrying a cross, he stumbled, and... Simon was compelled to carry the cross of Jesus the rest of the way. Jesus, in this context of the scripture in Mark chapter 15, we looked up at that last week, that he had been falsely accused. He was sentenced to death on a cruel, uh, on a cross in a cruel way. He was whipped 39 times with the whip that would literally tear the skin off your back crown of thorn on his head, his beard pulled, he was beaten, and according to Roman law, if you were convicted to die on the cross, you had to carry your own cross to the place of execution. That distance being from where they were probably were was if you were to walk on a normal walk was about 10 to 15 minutes. No doubt it probably took Jesus longer because of the crowd and because of the condition that he was in. So let's read chapter 15, and we begin reading in chapter 15, verse 17. We'll go down and we'll stop at verse 22. And they clothed him, and the hem is Jesus, with purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him, bowing the knee, they worshipped him. When they had mocked him, they took the purple off him and put, on his clo- and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. 
Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a, Cyren a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country, passing by to bear his cross. And they brought him to the place of Golgotha, which is translated the place of a skull. And if we were to read further, then Jesus eventually dies there on the cross. So go back again to verse 21. They compelled a certain man, Simon, to carry the cross of Jesus. Who is Simon? Well, you remember when you was a kid, when I was a kid, that we played this game called Simon Says. Simon Says, touch your nose. Then we'd say, all right, touch your nose again, and we'd touch your nose, you know, Simon Says. And, well, actually, the, the name of Simon is means of hearing and obedient, being obedient. And so this is his name. He is from Cyrene, which is in North Africa, about 900 miles from Jerusalem, probably uh, could have been a black man. Um, and we know that there was a synagogue in uh, this area in Cyrene, and it had a Jewish population because of being so, so a Jewish uh, group was transplanted there. Some estimated up to 100,000 uh, Jews there in that area. Simon could have been a Jew. Um, could have been. Uh, we're not sure about that, but there's other parts of Scripture that points that he was probably um, a native of, there, of Africa. Simon was a believer in God. He had traveled weeks to come to observe the Passover in the temple at Jerusalem. And this may have been once-in-a-lifetime event for him because of the distance. Not sure about that. But what an honor. What an honor to be the person to carry the cross of Jesus Christ. I mean, if there, if there was an opportunity for us, I think if we had been there and, and somebody said, who wants to carry the cross of Jesus? I think all of our hands would have been willing to come there and be there and carry the cross of Jesus Christ. Now we say this, but Simon didn't see that as an honor. I don't think he, I don't think he recognized the impact that it was, that that moment was so special. He was forced to carry the cross. He didn't step up and volunteer. The soldier grabbed him and pushed him over to Jesus. Imagine being in Simon's shoes. He didn't know Jesus personally. He had heard about him. He accidentally runs into Jesus as he's going to the temple, the Passover, and here comes Jesus in the crowd. Jesus being led out of the east gate going to Golgotha Goth Goth to be executed. And he's watching, and, and right when Jesus gets near him, he stumbles under the weight. And maybe there was pity that, that Simon had on Jesus. Maybe he did, maybe kind of reached out to him, and, and, and maybe he was going to help him with that. We're not sure about that. But he stumbles near where Simon is standing. And people are mocking him, perhaps throwing rocks at him saying all kinds of mean things. The soldiers are beating him. This, the, and he grabs this, this stranger. 
Simon, and he pushes him towards one of the prisoners, Jesus. I don't think Simon valued that moment like he does now, or like we do. That the Son of God would need Simon, would need him to serve at one of his lowest times while he was here upon the earth. If you were to speak to Simon about this defining moment in his life and ask him what his takeaway, I think he'd tell you at least three different things. Simon would say to carry the cross, you need to keep these things in your mind. And the first one is, it is an act of submission and not resistance. If you're going to be one who's going to carry the cross of Jesus, it is an act of submission and not resistance. Though Simon was compelled, I believe today he would have said, I would have gladly have done that as an act of submission, and I wouldn't have resisted it. So we review what that day must have been looked like uh, for Simon. I, I can imagine he was saying months, maybe even years before this moment, Told his wife, broke the news to her, says, I'm going to go to, I'm going to Jerusalem, go to the temple, and I want, to, I want to be there on the Passover. He studied it and heard about it and planned it. And he was really excited and looking forward to going to the temple of Jerusalem. We don't know. It may have been his first time there to see the temple. Who is in awe. So he leaves on this journey, and it takes several weeks to get there. He kisses his wife goodbye and his two sons. And he gets up near Jerusalem, and he spends the night, and maybe he's so excited about being there. And maybe he couldn't sleep all night. Maybe, maybe some, something woke him up early that morning and says, you got to get up there early. Maybe it was... The Lord stirring him up, and, and he goes up, and he approaches the eastern gate. He comes to that place and sees the wall and sees the gate, and, and he hears a crowd coming. They come out of the eastern gate, and they come closer to him, and, and they are yelling, and, and it's just like an angry mob, and, and there's soldiers, and the first soldier comes, and he's got this whiteboard, and it says, King of the Jews. And Simon asked the man next to him, Who's this king of the Jews? He sees the other two soldiers as well, surrounding three prisoners, each one carrying a cross. He asked the man next to him, who is this Jesus? Who is this guy? He says, well, he's Jesus, the king of the Jews. And he'd heard about him. But what he had heard, he had heard great things about Jesus. And in his mind, he couldn't understand, why was Jesus being executed? I've heard nothing but good about Jesus. And as he draws near, he sees how he is covered with blood. Couldn't even recognize all the stuff that was happening to him and the crown of thorns. And as he is under the weight of that cross and the loss of blood, and he comes near Simon, and he falls. I don't know 
Maybe they locked eyes with Jesus and Simon. But the next thing you know, a soldier grabs him and he reaches down and says, don't you carry this cross. And perhaps under protest or maybe even pity, he reaches down and carries the cross that was meant for Jesus. He carries it the rest of the way to Golgotha. Now, there are some that speculate that, that Jesus also carried the cross with Simon, and so they were on one end. And maybe this is true, and it would be a perfect picture of a yoke of Jesus on one side, and the, and the board stretch across maybe back, their back shoulders, and Simon on the other, and they're walking along together. Did they talk? What did they say? Did Simon have to help Jesus up or, or encourage him? We're not sure. But I believe that one thing as we look back today that Simon would say, I'm so glad I was the man. I had the honor to carry the cross of Jesus Christ. Simon would say today, to us, if Christ presents you a cross and he wants you to carry it, don't hesitate one bit. Carry the cross he presents you. The only way we can do that is when we have the submissive spirit to carry whatever cross Jesus asks us to carry. May I tell you, my friend, just like with Simon, it's not something you'd pick out. It's not something you would plan. It was not something that you would be attractive to, that you'd say, yeah, I want to do that. It'll be a cross. And we have to have a submissive spirit if we're going to carry that. Matthew says, in chapter 16, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, he said, if anyone come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. For whoever shall save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Great promise there when we pick up the cross that God has given us. The key there to picking up the cross and to being submissive is that we have to deny, deny ourselves. Simon had to change his plans. He had to give up what he wanted to do and, and all the dreams and the plans and the goal of wanting to be there, rising up early, getting a good place there in the crowd, observing the Passover and taking that all in and worshiping God. God come along, came along and he had different plans for Simon. We have to deny ourselves if we're going to carry the cross of Jesus Christ. We have to have a heart that yields to God, a submissive spirit. We have to say, God, I give you permission to change plans if you want to. I give you permission to change my goals, my plans. You know, the first thing when I wake up every day, even before I get out of bed, or my wife kicks, kicks me out of bed, <laughs> I pray this prayer, Lord, help me today to do what you want me to do. Help me to be sensitive to your leadership. God, I want to join your work 
whatever that might be, help me, Lord. You know, when you start looking at those things, you start seeing the interruptions of your plans in your day as divine appointments, and that's when it gets really exciting. When you are going one way and something happens, why did that flat tire happen? Why why did this person, how come I met that individual? What happened? And you start thinking that, well, God has laid something before me. He wants me to pick up. He wants me to go with it. Jesus wants me to walk with whatever that is. And it becomes a divine appointment. That's an exciting thing about living your life for Jesus Christ. I think the second thing that Simon would say to us, Simon says to carry the cross as Jesus is to acknowledge it is a cross, not a pillow. You see, we have made the cross to be something beautiful and attractive. Cross has, been become the, has became the logo for the church today. It is comfortable, it is pleasant, we decorate it, we wear it uh, around our neck. We like that. Remember the cross. Remember the cross. It is an instrument of suffering and death and pain. It is bloody. It is messy. During the time of Jesus, while he was here on the earth, the cross was used as a known instrument of the most cruel, humiliating means of punishment. The Greeks and Romans borrowed this means of execution from the Phoenicians. Only in the fourth century did the cross came into prevalent use in Christianity. You see, we may think that Jesus developed or started the cross or invented the cross, or Christians did, but it didn't come into the church until the third or fourth century. It was not till the time of Constantine that the cross was publicly used as a symbol of the Christian religion. In other words, if you were to attend the first century Sunday worship service, you would walk into that church and you wouldn't see a cross. Now, I think there's nothing wrong with displaying a cross. We have a cross. But you'd maybe see a fish, which was the symbol of the first century Christian. A first century Christian would walk in churches today and say, what is this with all the crosses? You see, it meant something different to them than it does to us. It meant a time of cruelty. It'd be like coming into this church and we had the, the silhouette of an execution chair <laughs> that execute criminals or, or something like that. I'm mean, just trying to get you to understand what the cross meant at that time when Jesus was carrying this cross and when Simon picked that up. And today it is a great temptation to elevate the cross to idol status or perhaps a means of karma. Good luck. Listen, in Christianity, the Bible teaches, we don't need religious items to draw near to God. It's all about a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, John on the Isle of Patmos had none of these things, and yet we find that God met with him on the Lord's Day in Revelation, and he didn't have a choir. He didn't have a worship band. He didn't have, you know, a cross, or he didn't have, a, you know, a, an offering. He had, but he had a meeting with God, and they had one powerful worship where we have the last book of the Bible, Revelation. 
Christianity isn't about an object. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's so important for us to understand that. It's not about performance. It's not about what you have, but it's about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We don't need a specific place to have a relationship with God or a specific item to worship God. All you need is an open heart that is willing to hear God and follow in the steps of Jesus. I think when Simon picked up the cross, first of all, he probably said it was heavy. It was difficult. And remember, the condition of Jesus there's probably blood on that cross. It might have smelled like death. It was meant to be an object of shame. It was humiliating. He was the innocent one. He, he, he shouldn't have been carrying that cross. It wasn't his cross. And certainly it wasn't what Simon wanted to carry. But I believe now he would say, I would do it all over again, carry the cross of Jesus. One more thing. Simon says to carry the cross of Jesus, it's always an addition and not a subtraction. Now get this, this is cool. Christ never allowed any honor to him or any service done to him pass unrewarded. When a village girl asked him to her wedding feast, Jesus turned the water into wine. When a boy offers his lunch to Jesus, he turns it into a feast that feeds the multitude. When a humble home was offered to Jesus for a place to rest on the Sabbath, he touched the lady of the house and healed her forever, her, her fever. And when a Samaritan woman offered Jesus a refreshing drink from a well, he satisfied the thirst of her soul with eternal living water. When a lady with a dark past kissed the feet of Jesus in worship, he sent her out with a blessing of peace. No cup of water, no act of service to Jesus Christ has ever returned void. Our service to God never loses its reward. What is giving to God is a never a waste, but an investment with the unbelievable rewards, the returns. And I personally have never met anyone serving God or giving up something for Jesus Christ that their lives haven't been enriched, but they have been enriched, even if it meant a sacrifice for them. And we think about that day when we, all of us as believers, we stand before God. That's called the Bema Seat, the, where, where the rewards are passed out and our lives as believers, as followers of Jesus, not determine our, whether we're going to make it into heaven and we're cast into hell, but we're there in heaven as believers and we stand before our King Jesus, the one, our Savior, the one who we believed in. We stand before him and he hands out the rewards to us for life that we have sacrificed and changed our plans to follow him or whatever it be. I don't believe that one, one person will say, you know, that's the reward and what I gave up wasn't worth it. We wouldn't say that. In fact, here's what we will do. We will take those rewards if we receive those rewards and those crowns and we'll say, Jesus, I don't deserve us. I give them back to you in honor of who you are and what you've done for us. We'll stop and think a moment. What was Simon's rewards? What did he get out of 
taking that cross and caring for Jesus at that time of great need. Well, first of all, we'd say his own salvation. It's not because of his good deed, because he carried the cross or had that work and performance that Jesus said, man, that's so great. I'm glad you did that, and I'm going to reward you, your salvation. Simon didn't receive eternal life because of what he did, but but what Jesus did. He came near to Jesus. He walked along Jesus, a suffering Christ. He watched how Jesus was lifted up before all to see. And like the Roman soldier who looked up to the dying Savior, Simon came to believe. uh, uh, Simon came to believe like the Roman soldier, this is the Son of God. What did Simon receive? He woke up and says, I'm going to go see the Passover where they sacrificed the lamb. That animal, and it's going to be the, the, a picture of, of God's salvation, and he wake, wakes up and he goes, and, and then here comes the very eternal Lamb of God who takes away Simon's sins, and he gets to carry that cross to that place of sacrifice. Oh, that's whole much greater Opportunity, greater blessing than going to see the temple Passover. But it doesn't stop there. It's like an infomercial that keeps going and said, you can win this, and then, uh, then the, wait, there's more, and then there's more. His family is saved. In Romans chapter 16, verse 13, Paul writes, and he talks about the the, uh, the people and the saints there in the church, and, and, he, and he talks about that. Then he, then he mentions Rufus. That is Alexander and Rufus is, is part of Simon's sons. And Rufus is believed because when we're writing, when, when we read this in the early Christians, they recognize who Alexander and Rufus, and is believed that Rufus was a pastor. So not only Simon is saved because of what Christ has done, but because of his salvation, Alexander and Ruf, Rufus come to know Jesus Christ. And then it says about his mother, their mother. And Paul says, Simon's wife, we believe that Simon's wife was like a mother to the apostle Paul. All this could all, we could go on. This implies that, that, uh, Sim, that Simon's grandchildren would one day be gathered around in heaven because of who, because of Jesus Christ coming in their home. And when your whole family meets and believes in Jesus, there is no greater reward than this. Simon's encounter with Jesus was a sacrifice, but it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to Simon and to his family. My friend, each of us have moments that are like crossroads where we get to choose, do I pick up that cross Or do I go on my way? And perhaps today, right now, this moment, right here, God is saying, here's a cross before you. I want you to decide. Are you going to pick it up? Are we going to walk together and go forward? Jesus is asking you to be open, to believe in him and follow him.
So I want to give you two challenges, the little cross that we gave you at the beginning of the service. I'll give you two challenges. First challenge is, you got some difficult situation in your life and you're wrestling with this and God is asking you to pick it up and carry it. And under the weight of it and the burden, you've come in this morning and you're struggling. I don't know what it would be. It could be a number of things. Bad relationships. Got a cross. Jesus asking, I want you to stay engaged in that. I want you to go forward with that. Could be something with your children, grandchildren. Could be a health issue. Could be something with your job, financial burden, person at work, at school. And you know God is asking you to carry it. And yes, it's going to be bloody, it's messy, it's difficult, it's hard. The cross is a symbol of pain and torment. Perhaps God is asking you to embrace that and to carry on. So as a way of decision today, I'm going to ask you, if something like that is in your life, you would say, yes to God, I'll be willing to carry a cross. Symbolic, I'm going to carry this home. I've decided I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to go forward with it, what you've asked me to do. Could be a place of service. Could be a number of things. And if not, just be honest and just leave it where you're sitting. But if you're willing to take forward, and God's spoken to you, say, yes, I'm going to stick this in my purse or I'm going to stick this in my pocket and I'm going to take it home as a decision to submit with what God has asked me to pick up. There's a second challenge I want to give you. I'll carry this cross home today as a promise with God's help. Simon carried the cross of Jesus because he couldn't because Jesus couldn't physically carry it any farther. God is asking us to carry the burdens of others around us, to help other people with their crosses. I, I know that there's a number of people right here that you've got some great burdens, and there are other people that we come to contact that need help. And we're to reach down and we're to help them carry that burden, as, as Paul says several times, that we're to bear one another burdens. And if you need inspiration for this, think about this. Simon was asked to carry the cross. It wasn't his cross. It was Jesus' cross. Oh, wait a minute. Let's back up. Why was Jesus carrying the cross? Jesus was carrying the cross because of Simon, his sin. Jesus was carrying the cross 
not for himself. And we can back up to last week's sermon to understand that this was a choice that Jesus made. He chose to carry the cross. So if you need inspiration about that, look no further than to who Jesus Christ, because he carried the cross, that messy, difficult, hard cross, because of us, it really was our cross. Nailed him to the cross, and he had to die for our sins, our sacrifice. So when you hear about somebody this week, got a burden, remind you, you carry the cross that you're, you're there, you're to help them, you're to encourage them, you're to see, how can I help? Let's bow our heads in prayer. My friend, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, please open your heart and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He carried the cross for you, he died to be the sacrifice for your sins and my sins. Heavenly Father, you are the God of creation. You're the God that started life, that gives life, you take away life, but you also give eternal life. And Father, in this life, we struggle at times with the cross we are given to carry, but with your own power, you will send help alone to help us carry with what weighs us down. Thank you, Father, for asking us to help others carry their cross for your sake. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us the strength, the power for each day to carry the cross and to help others. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for we're willing to carry that instrument of death the cross to be the sacrifice for my sins and your sins. We praise you in the blessed and precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.